We're looking at a message this morning that uh, I'm going to talk to you about. And uh, as I was reminiscing about the things that God has blessed us with, our, our awesome church family, the things that we do together, the things that we laugh together with, and things that we work together and enjoy as we uh, just enjoy family times. And uh, just taking a few words from uh, our associate this morning about the goodness of God and, and how that 40 years have come and gone in a very rapid pace. It doesn't seem like it's been 40 years because when you're having fun, time flies. And when you're not having fun, it does the opposite. Think about all of the activities that uh, go on at Elm Grove and, uh, and how hard you work. On Wednesday night, we have people that leave a job and come straight to the bus or the vans, and they make sure the route has been run. We have people that work in the kitchen very religiously to keep things going. And funerals come our way quite often, and there's always a hot meal to be served to the families that's going through a time of sorrow. The building that always has a good aroma to it when you walk in on Sunday morning and the, the floors are clean. And I, I was bragging one day to a visitor uh, that had been here looking at the building and I wanted to give a bouquet of roses to the people that took care of the building. And I said, you know, the, the bathrooms or floors are, are so clean, you could eat off of the floor. And without ca- catching the message, the guy looks up at me and says, well, why would you want to do that? But all of it together uh, leads me to a story that relates to the importance of teamwork. And what I like about the teamwork of our church family is there's unity here. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, the Bible says there's unity. And we're going to be reflecting upon transitions this morning and how the unity of God brings us together of all faiths, of all walks of life, of all ages, and, and brings us together and unites us in unity. And we have things in common because we're here to worship the Lord. We're not here to see who's got the fanciest clothes on or who's... Uh, the most stylish. We're just here to let go and let God have his way and bless us and and enjoy uh, the fellowship that we have here at our church home. The story I want to share with you is an importance of teamwork, and it's about a U.S. jet fighter pilot in Vietnam. His name is Charles Plum. He had completed 75 combat missions when he was shot down. Plum was ejected and parachuted into enemy hands where he spent six years in the Vietnam prison. One day, a man came up to him and said, "Uh, You're Charles Plum. You flew the jet fighters in Vietnam from the aircraft carrier Kitty Hawk, and you were shot down. Plum was confused and asked the man how he knew about that. And the gentleman replied, I packed your suitcase or your parachute. The man then shook his hand and said, I guess it worked. And Plum assured him and said, if your chute hadn't worked, I wouldn't be here today. Plum thought a lot about that man who helped the fate of somebody he didn't even know in his hands. He kept pondering many times 
He might have even seen this guy on the deck of the ship, Kitty Hawk, and not even said a thing to him because he didn't even know that he would be connected one day to a gentleman that was a fighter pilot. And a stranger had packed his parachute, and he was just a sailor. Charles Plum is now a motivational speaker, telling the story to hundreds. After, after telling it, he always asked the audience, who's packing your parachute? In our life, be it personal or work-related, many people have a hand in our parachute. Are we taking time to acknowledge thanks or reward them? It's very easy to overlook the word of many. It takes a lot of people to create a team. But may I say to my church family this morning, you're the greatest team this side of heaven. And my challenge to you is, as you're packing a parachute for somebody else, may we take the time and energy to lace it with the love of Jesus. The love that was shed and brought at Calvary, and that while we were yet unlovable, even though we have flown over enemy territory and some of us have walked through enemy territory, there's somebody behind the scene that's been praying and seeking the Lord and lifting us up in prayer and asking God to allow us to safely make it back to the area that God has created us to be from all harm and danger. So today I say to our church family, 40 years has come and gone. We're in transition time. The clock is running fast. But may it be known this morning that you're the one who's packed our parachute, not my suitcase. And just a few nights ago, one more time, a 100% vote came. And I thought about it as we walked out of this building and traveled to our little home that we've lived in all of our married life. I thought, Lord, I'm so glad that, to be surrounded with people that know how to love, know how to forgive, and know how to forget, and know how to continue to be faithful to the Lord and, and just keep on keeping on, knowing that in due season we win if we don't quit. I'd like to talk to you for a few moments if I can find a Kleenex box. I'd like to talk to you for, uh, for a few moments about the power of transition. We're all transitioning. Some of us are just transitioning in age. I uh, will never forget this situation. It happened. It's a personal situation, but it happened at our house, so it's all right to tell it. After uh, last May the 7th, I believe it was, I had a knee replacement. I'd, I didn't know anything about pain medication. I'd, God had been so good to me, and I'd just gone through life without needing really any help in that area, even though if I had needed it, I would have depended upon it. But after the surgery, uh, my hair began to fall out. And so my wife is really good with medical terms, and she studies a lot about medication, knowing someday I'll probably be a real <laughs> patient <laughs> and uh, so she was telling me she said there's something on the market that you can take by pill that helps grow your hair and I said well why don't we try that and so she was so generous and loving and she next time she was at Walgreens she made this purchase and brought it home and uh, I began to take it and in about a week I started looking at the most 
the shiniest part of my life, and uh, I didn't see a bit of, of results. A month comes, flies by, and I look a little closer one day, and, and it hasn't done anything to my head where I really wanted to grow hair. But boy, my ears and my nose has really feasted on the blessings of growing hair. <laughs> so, so the moral of the story, don't say it don't work. Look real good before you start complaining. The power of transitioning. The power of transitioning. As parents, we transition every day. We, we have kids in our house, and they bring us things that are happening and new words to our vocabulary that we've never heard, and they talk to us about going places that we never did dare ask our folks if we could go because you'd go the wrong place if you went to that place, and you did what they were doing. The power of transition is vitally important. There are those this morning you, I've watched as you've transitioned, as you've said goodbye to your best friend with, with the exception of Jesus. I've watched you as you've transitioned and, and you, you've gone into seasons when it just didn't seem like the sun would ever shine again, but you stayed faithful to the Lord. You, I see people here, you could have walked out on a marriage, but you depended on the Lord to take the transition and put it back together again. And throughout the ages of time, there's always going to be transitions that are happening even in pastoral duties a transition happens on on many occasions but this morning I think about Ecclesiastes chapter 3 as we begin today and verse 1 says to everything there's a season a time for every purpose under heaven and no matter where you're at in the journey of life, there will be transitions that you will find. Some are invited, some are expected, and many are unexpected. Many times it's not the transition that takes us out. It's how we adapt or how we handle the transition that keeps us going on when we just like to turn our back on our situation and we like just like to stick our head in the sand like an ostrich just until the storm passes by. But remember God's word today, and with the transitions of time comes the word of faith. And faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And many times you've came to the house of God, not because you felt like it, but you needed some help in the transition you were facing. Everyone has a season eventually, and everyone notices how the transitions change. But there's two foundational principles of transition I'd like to talk to you about today. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 29. The people no longer quote this proverb. The parents have eaten sour grapes, but their children's mouth puckered to taste. And we as parents watch our children grow up, and many times our children follow the example that we've been to them. However, there are exceptions to the rule, but generally speaking, this is true many times. And when we open our heart's door and invite Jesus into our life, there's a spiritual transition. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, tells us about this transition. And I want you to follow with me closely today. The day you invited Jesus Christ into your life was one of the greatest transitions you'll ever make. It wasn't the day you signed a signature card and became a member of a certain church. It wasn't the day you were baptized in the river or in the pond or in the baptistry. But the day you, you made 2 Corinthians 5, 17, your personal faith, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ... 
Old things have passed away. What happened? Your old sinful nature went out the door, and Jesus walked into the door of your life. And old things passed away, and you became new on the inside. That's a great transition. That transition transformed our innermost being, but it didn't do a whole lot for the outward expression. You may look the same. You, you may, a lot of things may not ever have changed, but the one thing that I do want to point out, your spirit changed. You received the power of the Holy Spirit when you allowed that transformation to take place. Transition usually takes longer than you'd like. Jared God has blessed he and his family as they came alongside and a transition to fill a void in this church's life has came to pass. And, and a transition of, of eventually handing him the baton is a, is, has been a dream of my life for 10 years, not knowing when transition time would come. I prayed, Lord, let there be a family that would move in close to us, that would learn to love the people like, you want, like they deserve to be loved, that would treat this church fairly and be patient with them, and love and kindness would flow out of their heart. And the day that transition time come it would be such an honor to hand the baton to the person that was qualified to do that and the moments of prayer and seeking the Lord uh, that transition is coming to pass and somebody that I watched that loves you and cares for you and knows how to pray and say filled with the Holy Spirit is walking alongside of us today and it's such an awesome job to know that God is in a trance Figuration business as we transition. Come the first of the year, a great load will be lifted off of me. In fact, I'm already unloading it as I, as I share with him the news. I will no longer st stand and ask young people this question. Do you take this, lawful, this man to be your lawful wedded husband? To leave all others, forsake yourself only to him and be a wife to him as long as you both shall live. And sickness and health and, and for richer, for poor. And, you know, as I've said that many times, I, I thought after being married to 60 years to the same lady, I thought, what in the world is so romantic about saying I do to those questions? Many people say love is blind. I had both eyes open the day I seen that, so love is not necessarily blind. <laughs> but sometimes our heart gets, <laughs> gets surprised, doesn't it? Yeah, Craig and I will agree. Some of them, Craig, they're with me. They're just letting that soak in. Transition is vitally important. Transition usually takes longer than we, we'd like. You know, we live in such a micro age. We want to transition as quickly as possible. Waiting seems to be a waste of time. And everybody said, oh, man, that was weak, but I'll take it. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, God sends Samuel down to Jesse's house to anoint a king to take King Saul's place. God says to Samuel, fill your horn with oil and go to Jesse, the Bethlehemite. I've provided myself a king among his sons. He got to Jesse's house and he said, Jesse, would you line up your sons? I'm here on a mission. God says there's a king in this house. And so Jesse called and there was seven of his sons that lined up. And Samuel looks at all of them, and he said, he's not here. Is there another one? And Jesse says, he's over the hill taking care of my sheep. Samuel says, go get him. I want to look at him. 
And Samuel sends one of the boys over and gets David. And when David came into Samuel's presence, Samuel said, Arise, anoint him. He's the king. Let me tell you something about pastoral duties. It's not always in what you hear that makes a lot of difference, but I like to look at people when I say what I have to say to them. Oh, I know it's so easy to turn the television on. You can hear the best of the best. Well, there's, not, there's nothing like having eye-to-eye contact with people you love and people you appreciate. The anointing had to be on Samuel in order to know God's plan. And I can tell you, in the pastoral duties, the man who stands behind the sacred desk has to depend upon the anointing to flow through him for words of wisdom, for for words of knowledge, to prepare his heart even before he makes the contact with the congregation. He needs and he must have the direction that God wants him to have because God knows who will be in the service. And many times it's in the preparation moments of getting ready and preparing. And it may be being totally totally prepared in between the house and the church house. Things change and God brings new revelation. The Bible indicates that after Samuel anointed David, David returned to the sheep fields. And just because he had received the anointing was no sign that he was to become king that day. There was an interval of time. David was going to grow up. He was going to have some, some, some time to prepare for his kingship. But David had already see, received the mantle to recognize that he was the soon coming king. He had had the anointing upon his life because God was appointing him, and all Samuel was doing was following God's direction. Four questions that people ask a leader many times. They weren't asked to me 40, 40 years ago. I can tell you the question that I was asked 40 years ago when Sherry and I sat before the board. And this is, a, this is the most spiritual question that I've ever been confronted with. Do you mind janitoring the church? And, I, and this is my testimony when I meet pastors and they say, how can you stay, at, how can you, How can you pastor in the same place 40 years? I said, it's simple. Number one, the people that I pastor have a high tolerance of pain. They've tolerated a lot in 40 years. The next thing is, if you don't mind working, you don't have to be much of a preacher. And then I said, you know, uh, the ministry really didn't begin behind the pulpit. It began in the uh, men's restroom. And the first church that we had was just had the book of First John in it. Today you can go in any men's restroom and the first, second, third John is in this building today. Isn't that awesome? I had a gentleman who came to us one day. He had, he had came several Sundays and he didn't live far from here. And he would take the time each Sunday to say, Pastor, God has revealed some things to me that's not in the Bible. And he said, God has given me deep revelation. And he said, but I just can't find any place to preach. And I, I said, well, you know, uh, uh, everybody has a busy schedule. Well, the next Sunday he came with me the same story. And he just said, but I can't find any place to preach. And uh, so I, you won't believe I had this unspiritual thought, but I shared him an unspiritual thought. I said, well, sir, I know that uh, you're probably much wiser than I am. You know much more about the Bible than I do. And you probably spend a lot more time uh, studying than I have. But the ministry... 
uh, Elm Grove doesn't be begin behind this uh, plastic podium. It begins in the restroom with 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. <laughs> he never came back. <laughs> I know. I know. But you know what? <laughs> There's something about humbling ourselves that qualifies us to become what God wants us to be. The Bible says, except you be converted and become as little children. And the mo it's, it's supposed to be this way. I've wondered sometimes as, as I've watched uh, what's going on in the transition between a child and a very young child and his, and his parents. I've wondered if this is really so. But you know, the most humble person you usually meet is a child, right? However, that's not always the case today. Aren't you glad you're as old as you are? Yeah, yeah. It's an awesome day. We're going to transition that podium out of here if I keep bumping into it. But I'm going to, I'm going to show you something that, that, that helps us as we are in transition period. It helps with all leaders of the church. It helps with you as individuals of your home. But the first question is, does he or she know how to do the job? In the ministry, the greatest the greatest qualification that you can do or be is following what God's Word has to say. In Joshua chapter 3, verse 7, the Lord told Joshua, Today I will begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of all the Israelites, and they will know that I am with you just as I was with Moses. Every leader needs to address the fact that I know God's for me this morning. I know He's with me. He's brought through me through some struggles. He's been, been with me, and, and He's given me guidance and direction, and He has qualified. Otherwise, I would be disqualified. The other question that comes to people as they are looking at transitioning from a job uh, or transitioning from uh, one town to another is this. Am, am I at the right place? Am I where I really belong? Does the setting that I am enjoying is this what I'm looking for? Will I fit in? Well, when Jesus gathered his 12 disciples and designated them as their job, here's what he says. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And every day there's a transition that goes on in all of our lives. There's things come our way that really are testing times. Sometimes we fail the test, but God never gives up on a te test that we fail. He's always there. The Bible says, though a just man fail seven times, God is always there to pick him up so he can go again. And, and as, we, as we process life, picking and choosing carries great value. Vision inspires passion, and, vision is the, and, and trust is the currency of our vision. We, when we begin to look at building this facility, the first thing that I had to gain with the board is trust. This, I had this vision. It was a dream. But the, the day came when they said, we'll, well, let's do it. Let's build this facility. But when you run out of money, we're going to stop. We're not going into debt. And my response was to that, I've never been with such people of great faith. But boy, are we going to have a good time. And can I tell you how when God stepped in and started blessing that $67,000 that we had saved through five Sunday building offerings, we never did stop until the roof was completed and we moved into the facility, and that's because God put his stamp of approval on what you're enjoying today. 
You see, the Bible says, except the Lord build the house, our labor's in vain. And so many times we get twisted out of sorts. Sometimes we get really disjointed because things aren't going our way. I've seen churches literally split over the carpet color. Listen, it's not about the color of the carpet. It's about the color of our heart today. And man looks on the outward appearance, but listen, don't let the outward appearance of anything stop you from your transition. God is always looking on the heart, and he wants to transform your heart. And when our heart becomes hardened through circumstances that come our way, God has sent his great physician. It's Jesus Christ who was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, a chastisement of our peace was upon his shoulders, and with his stripes we're healed. In transition time, a church needs a leader. A church needs somebody who can who the church has confidence in that can take the, the role and, and fill the, the role of a pastor and see the, the church through and in an orderly way allow the anointing to flow through him. And that's the reason that we have eldership in the church. We used to call them deacons. They used to just count the offering. But today, if something was to happen to me before I got to this church, you have two qualified elders and they could step to this podium and because of the anointing on their life, they could bring the message. Eldership follows the pastor's qualification. They must be tithers. A a pastor that comes to this church must give 10% of his his income in order to be qualified as a pastor, to be an elder. It's just a part of God's plan. It it, it doesn't cost you. You give 10% into the offering, the storehouse offering, so that the church can prosper and be in help. And that's part of the qualifications of leadership. You've got to be at the church every time the door opens, without, except for sickness and without uh, uh, vacation. You need to be there. You need to know what's going on. And eldership is vitally important to a church. A person that comes to a new church needs a couple of years to look things over to see if he can fill the bill, that he would be qualified when people got in your face to be able to keep Jesus first and foremost and keep these fist in his pocket it's a qualification of a transition of an elder an elder needs to know how to pray people he walks into a a home where there's been a tragedy he needs to to know how to comfort he needs to know how to strengthen you see an elder is just an armor bearer for the pastor isn't that awesome an armor bearer He's one who prays for his pastor on a daily basis. He, he encourages his pastor, and, and the pastor is a leader. The church, the pastor's leadership today doesn't just uh, qualify or just doesn't uh, fit around the podium. A pastor is to lead and to direct and be a blessing to those that he's leading. There are churches around the world today. A pastor's not a pastor. He's a hireling. And you can tell a hireling from a pastor. He's waiting on the paycheck. The paycheck needs to be so much. Listen, I've never known what next Sunday or this Sunday's tithe check's going to be. When the church has done good, my percentage was good. When the church didn't do so good, I didn't do so good. How many think that's a pretty good deal? Oh, come on. I, I, I've even heard Carolyn say this. By the time I took your withholdings out, there's not much here today. 
I said, to God be the glory. I'm working for Jesus. Listen to me. When you get your priorities in line and you put Jesus first, he's not interested in your billfold. He's interested in your heart. And when he's got your heart, he's got all of you. It's awesome to follow Jesus. When Sherry and I first started out with our children, my mic's not on. When we first started out with our children, we had some hard knocks ahead of us. But in a transition of time, we learned to take God's part out first. And then we learned to, and when he pled less than 90%, we had a good time. Did we go through difficult times? Yes, but we had the assurance we had honored God with the first fruits, which is what our tithing is. Moving on, as we, as we look at where we're at this morning, following Jesus, we looked at the transitions that come to all our, our lives. And there's two questions that leaders should be asking. No matter if you're in the Sunday school department, no matter if your name might be coming up as eldership, we're, 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 we're going to need another elders to step in place one, one of these days. And an elder needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me just spend a moment there on there. This is an awesome transition. I, this is not even in my, new, in, my, in my notes. But Acts talks about the action of people on the day of Pentecost. Jesus, just before he ascended into heaven, he said, don't leave Jerusalem, but be tarried, and, but tarry in Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high. We, we call it the day of Pentecost. About 500 people didn't leave the city of Jerusalem. They went back into the upper room where the prayer chamber was, and they began to pray. And the Bible says, cloven tongues, like as a fire set upon them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues. And there's a lot of people that run from this because there were a lot of crazy things happened in the early days of the early Pentecostal church. But let me say this this morning. When you hear a message that's given in tongues, know one thing. That person's mind didn't mess with their prayer, and that prayer or that language is probably the most perfect language that will ever be spoken. And then when you hear an interpretation of it, know one thing. God doesn't just unfold. Behold, I say unto you. No, sometimes it's three words that he gives us. Maybe it's one line sentence. For the Spirit of the Lord has said, speak to the people today. Encourage them. Hearken to his voice. We never know what that message is going to do are going to be but the bible says if you walk in the spirit you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh this is the reason we qualify that the bible qualifies who elders are we want you to be full of the holy spirit we want you to be endued with power because i'm telling you there's rainy days in leadership i don't care what church you're serving and the elders said oh that was quiet but i was watching your lips (laughs) it's fun to serve but let me say this (laughs) hardest part that I ever went through is being a, an elder at, at Midway, Maryland. <laughs> and I served with Maryland's awesome dad. He was our Sunday school teacher. I tell you, he could teach from the Bible. And then he had another, another book he could teach out of the book of McCaskey. And I'm telling you, it was loaded with good stuff. And then he'd really challenge us. But in transition time, can we make the transition? Let me ask you this question this morning. As, as the Spirit of the Lord is ministering across this building this morning, God is a Spirit. I can't see Him, but I've released Him, so I know He's talking to all of us. How are you making the transition? Is there a challenge in your life this morning, and it's hard to say, I don't want to drink from that cup. 
Jesus said the same thing as he was facing the cross, knowing the suffering that he would go through, knowing the pain and the agony. He was crucified by his own family. And he prayed this prayer, Lord, if it be possible, Father, if it be possible, please let this bitter cup pass from me. And all of us in leadership have prayed that same prayer. But Jesus closed that prayer by saying, Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Let me ask this question this morning as I look across this congregation. I know we all know how to say, Lord, let this bitter cup pass from me. How many would like to take a felt-tip pen that's black, so black that you can't read the rest of that statement when it says, nevertheless? That word, nevertheless, will help you through the transition if you will allow the word to transition you. Amen. You see, Jesus, what Jesus, Jesus went through everything so that we could become what he is. And we'll never have to be nailed to a tree, but I can tell you the old man has to be crucified quite often. I want mine, my, 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 my will. I, I want my way. I want my way. Bless God, this church is going to line up or else. Bless God, I just can't stand those people. Well, it's transition time. It's transition time, and a trip to the altar changes everything. And, you know, uh, and, and, and then the opportunity comes, well, it's not my fault. Well, whose fault is it? You know what? doesn't matter how right you are. What really matters most is if you'll go to the altar of prayer and transition your challenge. And like Robert Morse tells us, every time we go to Gateway, always take the low road. Always take the low road. Transition is not always an easy, easy thing. Transition will always cost you something. And, and Mark chapter 3, verse 25 says, a house is divided can't stand. The thing that I, I love about this place is there's unity. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's unity. And we've all learned to pray. We've all had things we've had to put into God's hands. We've all trusted the Lord. And, and, and there's times and things that we don't have the answer for, but we've put Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 to work. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. Don't try to figure it all out. In all your ways, just acknowledge Him. He's transitioning you to a different place, to a better place. The higher place. He's got great plans for you. Jeremiah 29, 11 says he's got plans for you to prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Yeah, yeah. He's got great plans for you. Are you planning for greater things? Or, you have, or have you said, well, this is just about as good as it's going to get? No, it isn't. No, it isn't. Psalms chapter 133 says, Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together. It's, it, it, it blesses my heart when I see the men of this church working together. It blesses my heart when I see men of this church going hunting together. It blesses my heart when the, you guys that still ride cycles and mine had to go to the garage sale. It blesses my heart. My heart's still with you. And those of you that go to the oil field, I know what you're tolerating. Sometimes I go with you in spirit. But it's awesome when brothers dwell in unity. 
Bible says it's like the precious oil on the head, running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It's like the dew on Mount Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Can I ask this question, what is unity? Maybe I could ask this question, where does it begin? That's a hard question. It begins right here. And this never works right here until you got this right here. And listen, this is the greatest, this is where we do our practice run. This is where we get it right. Yeah, yeah, man, we're not having fun, but we're trying to get it right. I'm hoping she'll transition, see things my way. Forget it, Fred. (laughs) It ain't going to happen. And even though Adam, when he looked on Eve, he said, Whoa, man! He'd never seen a woman before. We both said, Whoa, woman! (laughs) But Adam had it right. Whoa, man, this stops me dead in my tracks. What I'm looking for is what I found. (laughs) I could go more. I think I better get back to my notes here. What is unity? I'm having the same thoughts y'all are, so bear with me. What is unity? I, want to, I don't want you to leave here without getting this definition. It's not the absence of difference, but the absence of division. That's good. I didn't get an amen on that, but that's good. Unity is not the absence of difference, but it is the absence of division. Health and harmony are found in relationships. Clear and common purpose flows out of good relationships. What did Jesus say in John 5, chapter 5, verse 19? Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. And whatever the Father does, the Son does also. How about John chapter 12, verse 20? And I know his commandments lead to eternal life, so I say whatever the Father tells me to say. It's important. I went up to a lady who's sitting on the front seat. She's lo- she had lost uh, three husbands. And I said, I have a word for you. And I could see that she was bracing. Things were really tightening up. <clears throat> and I said, God wants me to tell you, you're loved and appreciated and you're very valuable in the kingdom she started laughing she put her arms around me she said I thought she was telling me he had another man for my life she said I was about to lose it I said never (laughs) unity is a clear and common goal today when the people decided to build the tower of Babel I want you to listen to what God had to say the Israelites got together and they said, we're going to build a tower. We're going to build this tower to reach clear to heaven. And we're going to do this on our ground, on our way. And when God looked down and realized they had a clear and common purpose, this is what God says, nothing is impossible with those people that walk in unity. Right. You know the, why the blessings of the Lord are flowing through our church family like they are? Unity. You know know the reason God has blessed his church like he has? Unity. 
And God even said, there's no limit. Can I just ask you this morning in closing, will you just take the limits off of God and listen to what he has to say and be willing to say, nevertheless, not my will, but your will, because God has a better plan than you and I have. He wants to bless you, and you're coming in, you're going out. He wants you to know the power of blessing. He wants you to know the power of the Holy Spirit that can transform your life and renew you so that you can quit dragging your feet, quit dreading the next day, quit dreading facing your situation and say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because when I go through the trial, I'll have a testimony. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, I'm just halfway through. and The clock says I need to be through. I close with this thought this morning, and I want you to take this thought home with you. After 40 years, this is not my church. We told the three grandkids that we were privileged to raise about three years ago when they were all still home. We were coming to Sunday night service, and they were going to have the pastoral election. And I don't remember which one of them said it, but I said, kids, you need to pray. I said, we may not be going back to Elm Grove after tonight. They're going to have a pastoral election. One of them said, oh, Papa, you're not kidding me. That, that church belongs to you. <laughs> I said, no, honey. No, honey. It doesn't belong to us. It, it's the Lord's house. But I'll leave this with you this morning. Except the Lord build the house, our labor's in vain. Except the Lord build the house. What's he wanting to do in your life this morning? What transition is he asking you to think about today? Transitions. I saw people give their heart and life to the Lord, and they went right on doing what they'd been doing, uh, talking like they'd been always talk, going places where they all, all, always want. But you know what? I, I always felt like this. A transformation had take place, taken place on the inside, and sometimes our old body and our old habits just don't leave the day we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. And I've been big enough in Jesus to say, they're on the right road, Lord. You've asked us to catch fish. Now it's your business to clean the fish. And I go home and I get a good night's rest. You know why? Because we're all God's kids. And he said, except you become converted and become as little children, you'll have no part in my kingdom. I'm still transitioning. I don't know how long the transition will take. Little by little. <laughs> You know, transition never takes place until you're willing to turn loose of what you've got. You've got to turn it loose. And by faith, you've got to turn loose not only of the baton, you've got to turn loose of the blessing that flows with the gift. Come on now. Come on now. Don't, I don't want to lose you in these, these closing moments. Transition only comes when you're willing to and the blessing along with the responsibility. And then put the icing on the cake by saying, I'm praying that you'll have it better than I've ever had it. Hallelujah. It's an awesome privilege today. It's an awesome privilege to know I'm 77 years young and just getting started in life. And, you know, a lot of people look, like, look at me like I'm on borrowed time. I got news for them. God's clock doesn't run like that clock over the sound booth this morning. And until he says it's over, I'm just going to keep on going. Until he says, well done, guess what? It's not done. 
And he'll tell you when it's done. He'll tell you when the timer goes off. And if you don't think he will, I'll just, get, I'll just break some sad news to you. You'll quit breathing when time's up. You won't really have anything to say about it. I sat in the lobby yesterday with a gentleman. I used to drive by his ranch, beautiful ranch homes. And I thought, man, that's such a beautiful place. It'd be so nice to know the people that lived in the house. And eventually I got acquainted with the people in the house. And yesterday, he, this gentleman was sitting in the lobby of the ceiling hospital when I walked in. And he called me by name. He said, sit down, I'm going to talk to you. And I sat down. And he said, Orville, there's over 5,000 head of cattle and our responsibility in thousands of acres. But he said, nothing matters to me except one thing. I'm getting closer to going home. And he said, all these things we've gained are nothing. But boy, he said, I've got my focus on where I'm going, and it's sounding sweeter day by day. Would you just have a prayer for me, Oral? And tears streamed down my cheek as I began to think, I got acquainted with the man in the house. And what a tremendous testimony and a blessing he's been. Because the man in the house was acquainted with the same father that I call father. And he's headed the same place we're going. Would you bow your head as Jared comes to close this morning, Lord? I'm glad today that transition comes through the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I'm glad we the things that you call us to do, we can do joyfully, Lord. And until that season transpires, we can just keep on keeping on because we know that when you're for us, who can be against us? I thank you for a lovely church family this morning. I thank you for people in this congregation, Lord, that's acted on a dream and a vision that came to pass that began years ago. They packed my parachute daily to the help of the anointing, and they haven't quit even in discouraging hours, but they've been by the pastor's side saying, we can do it, we can do it. Lord, you've been so good to us today, and we can... I just feeble words to say thank you, Jesus, for your blessings. For the joy of knowing today that when you're for us, who can be against us? Lord, you're up to something bigger than we are. You're up to something better than we've ever seen. And your invitation to the table of the Lord is, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. In our days of adversity, Lord, you're a strong tower. Lord, you've been the one that we've been able to cling to in the midst of the storm until the storm passed by. Lord, I just want to tell you, your goodness and your mercy has chased us all the days of our life. And we want to say thank you, Jesus, for your goodness and your mercy. And for an awesome church family an awesome associate, Lord, and his family, Lord, and I thank you for a new congregation that's outside of these doors that are getting so hungry. They haven't made it yet, Lord, but they've left, and they're on their way. 
Lord, may our hearts be prepared for the transition you have for us in the days ahead. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. And all that God's family said, amen. Amen. Go ahead and stand your feet with us this morning. As you stand, I mean, we're part of an awesome church family. We're part of an awesome community. Just look to the person on your left, the person on your right. See? We got it pretty good, don't we? But we're in transition. Because we're going to transition from good to better. And from better to best. Me and Pastor both believe that Elm Grove has had a rich history. Had some great days in our past. But we wouldn't be serving this body if we didn't both believe that the best days are ahead. That God has greater plans. That we're not looking back saying, wow, look at the good old days, how it used to be. We're looking forward to saying, God, I can't wait for what's to come. I believe that with all my heart. And I want to encourage you. That's why we're, I'm here. That's why my family's here. Because we want to serve this body because we believe that the best days are ahead. And we're going to come along. We're going to serve our pastor. We're going to serve our church. We're going to serve our community. And we're going to be a part of the best days of the history of Elm Grove Community Church. Amen. How many want to be a part of that? Amen. Hey, if your neighbor did not raise their hand, you pinch them right now. Okay, turn around and pinch them. Tell them that they're in transition right now, and that transition is to run from all the pinches. We're looking forward to great days. Amen. Hey, I want to remind you tonight at 6 p.m., we continue our study, Revealing the Mysteries of Heaven. So I want to encourage you to come be a part of that, 6 p.m. here at the church. Father, we love you. We praise you. We ask your blessing to go before us. Lead us, guide us, and direct us in all that we do. God, thank you for, uh, for great days. God, thank you for better days. And God, thank you for the greatest days that are ahead. Father, I pray your blessing upon every heart, every life, every family, every individual. God, go with us. Lead us, guide us, and direct us in all that we do. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody shout it. Amen. God bless you guys.